0: Hey, other side, I'm going to make you uh, and Leslie co-hosts, if that's okay with you guys, just um, to up some space. All right, so we'll um, let a few people join. And then, yeah, other side, I think of you, um, Accept the co-host thing, capability. You'll be able to speak. There you go. Yeah, perfect.
1: <clears throat> All right. Hope everyone's doing well.
0: Mitchell, was your uh, wedding pretty good? Yeah, it was. Pretty good. What's up, guys?
2: Happy Wednesday. Hey, Jim. What's Jimmy? up, Jim? Hope you guys are doing well. Yeah, man.
3: Yeah, kid Wayne. Just catching up.
2: I didn't hear no bell, man. My portfolio's burning with this tax loss harvesting.
0: But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna see this bad boy through. That's good. That's good. Uh, only two more days to, to get through, Jimmy. So, you know, with that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> I've
2: been in quad four
0: for all of, like, most of this year.
2: So.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a tough uh, six six months, really, right? Since the end of late May, depending on what you were
4: in.
2: I still got a lot to be grateful for. You know, I got a roof over my head. I'm in oh, good yeah. health. Totally. Meeting eating all right. Got a good
0: workout. It's good. What are you shopping for at IKEA? Uh,
2: you, you know what? With this Omicron six, six, six. thing, a lot of the teachers at the daycare have been like sick and taking some time out. So, like, with at Got the it. end of the year, yeah. the kids are out a little early. Still a little bright outside. It's it's like a another way to babysit, right? For she sure. plays around with all the furniture. We get some ice games. Love it.
0: So get, get, love it. get some meatballs. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> Uh, awesome that's right it's 3 to 5 meatball well, special I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the best deal going right <laughs> uh yeah uh anyway guys um you're welcome thanks for for joining i think you know i see some some recurring faces here for those that are, are you know new to this process Um, you know Wednesdays we just kind of take a look at the notebook I am kind of back in the saddle after a few days off so really catching up here myself uh, to be perfectly frank with you and you know it's very um, you know very you know open kind of dialogue if you got a question or comment please just uh, request to speak you know it's very you know it's kind of come one come all Uh, Chris Air FX welcome Um, I expect you to be speaking here soon as well I hope everything's good in the UK Uh, but yeah but I mean to keep things off. I don't know. I mean, Leslie or, or Mitchell, do you have anything that was standing out to you? Otherwise, I, you know, I can kind of dive into a couple of things, I guess.
3: I'm catching up brother. So, right. uh, I, I, I was buying some TLT, SHY and BNDD today. Yeah. Uh, you know, trimming some things, uh, near the top end of the risk range and, and just get ready for, uh, the first quarter. So, um, yeah, let, why don't you guys kick it off and yeah. as I'm reviewing, jump on in.
4: Perfect.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of what I'm seeing, again, uh, you know, catching up with the last couple of days, so kind of a lot of risk range writing down, uh, caught up on some macro shows as well, and, and that kind of thing was really kind of just took, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but it was uh, out, you know, Outside of the family, a lot. You know, it's cold here in New England, but didn't stop us at all. And now, you know, as you said, Mitchell, there's a lot of stuff at the top end of the range. I had a lot of kind of trailing uh, limit orders that got tagged. um, You know, basically going into the close, uh, the VIX pretty much, you know, tried to go to low end of the range at sixteen oh one today, but um, you know, really kind of bounced right off of that. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of if there's any follow through to that VIX signal tomorrow and then, you know, whether or not that risk range widens a little bit more. Um, You know, yesterday it was at 1558 to 23 and it kind of, you know, tightened up to 1601. So, you know, that's a pretty big, um, you know, higher, higher low there. Uh, So obviously, you know, that's something that I took note of from, from day over day. And then the other thing too, obviously, I think, you know, there's a decent amount of people that are kind of caught in this oil, uh, short position uh, that obviously Keith has had on, um, myself included, but I certainly added to that today. You know, I think, you know, this is kind of, to me, you know, there's a bit of a near term and then, you know, you know, obviously near term pain, but then kind of looking into, you know, as we go into Q1 and then into, you know, Q2, and we've talked about this on the last couple calls, kind of that quad one, kind of quad four environment in Q1, and then a pretty definitive quad four in 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 q2 so you know i don't mind you know stepping into this year even with a little bit of pain again um you know i'm, I'm using a, a sco as as the short in my long only accounts and and it's a great way again i'm kind of just building that position it's about just about 250 basis points right now i added some basically on friday or what was what i guess thursday last week and and then Uh, some more today. And, you know, if it's up again tomorrow, uh, you know, all that is, I'll I'll add some more. I mean, to me, this is kind of like a similar uh, style or similar kind of approach to the uh, fixed income side of the house, which I bought a bunch of today as well. Like you Mitchell Uh, kind of really my first foray into the fixed income side of things. I've been waiting for sort of this pullback. Obviously we went well beyond what was the risk range on the 10 year. I think it tapped out around one five, nine, I think it was. And, and, and so that was a great kind of, you know, you know, overbought situation or oversold, whatever, whatever however that goes on the 10-year. Um, and, and, you know, that was a great opportunity to step in. The other thing that's interesting to me, too, is kind of going beyond the U.S. Uh, Europe still looks pretty strong across the board. You know, Netherlands, I know, got taken off the ETF Pro uh, a week or so ago, I believe it was. And then, uh, but, but, you know, there's a lot, a lot in Europe that looks pretty strong. The DAX obviously still bullish signal. Uh, the Nikkei went from neutral to bullish today. Um, I'm still short that one, uh, but we got it on a really tight leash because uh, if it's uh, if it breaks out, it's got a big time kind of move higher here. Uh, but you know I, I think this may be just a bit of a head fake with the US dollar situation happening, um, that kind of thing. and obviously we're kind of not quite at the low end of the range on the dollar. Uh, but certainly um, was getting there. Where were we at? Nine, 95.90, right? So, I mean, 10 cents off basically of that low end of the range. So, I suspect he kind of that, that Nikkei. But the, the biggest opportunity to me uh, right now in terms of emerging markets would be China. Um, I certainly added the KBA that obviously went X Divi today. Um, and I, I was not holding it into that. So, you know, I, I, I gobbled up got about 100 bips of KBA. I think China is going to be really interesting going into 2022. Uh, you're, you're likely saw, as Jimmy kind of mentioned, some tax loss harvesting uh, and or guys just not want to get on their books going into the going into, um, you know, the end of the end of the year, having to report that they've been along China all year long. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think um, that's kind of what, what's sort of jumping out in my book uh, you know, tech has obviously been super strong, XLK, <laughs> okay. uh, what I uh, Fig basically wrote a whole note on, or a bunch of, you know, a, you know, a bit of a note on it yesterday in terms of, um, you know, how it's been a great performer the last three years. I thought that early look was phenomenal. If you haven't read it yet, I'll you know, definitely do so. Uh, it was a great kind of hybrid of both uh, real estate and, and tech, and, and I suspect even with Quad 4, I mean, if you remember... Uh, last time in kind of 2020, you know, tech was still uh, a top performer. Um, and Gavin mentions this all the time that, you know, the FANG, the thing, FANG the thing M, however, uh, I always forget which, which way it goes. But, um, you know, it's basically a whole macro environment and macro exposure in and of their own. Um, and uh, you're, you're kind of consistently get uh, at least a big winner that to ride each year. I believe this year was Microsoft. Um, but you know, it, it's uh, it's definitely one to keep an eye on because if you get a dip, um, you know that's yeah you know, I'm still going to be buying buying tech you know REITs uh, probably lay off the, the consumer discretionary XLY or kind of related um, entities under that just uh, just because you know it doesn't perform as well in, in obviously a quad four environment in in, in Q2 uh, so that's kind of how I'm positioning my book right now uh, in terms of just generally you know, thinking about that kind of quad one, class, quad four and Q1, and then, you know, the quad four that's looming in Q2. Uh, but I think something that's really important to note is, uh, I don't think you want to get too ahead of your skis here on that quad four, right? Um, you know, we basically had a bit of a pull forward of quad four at the beginning of this month. And, you know, obviously, you know, we've got uh, kind of relatively low volume, you know, bid up this whole like last week Uh, but uh, it doesn't mean that it can't go higher going into early q1 the russell as well um stood out to me in my notebook and it'll be interesting to see kind of how that continues to play out right it went um you know it's back to bullish bullish trend we're not quite at the top of the range. And so, you know, haven't thought about shorting it yet. But obviously, you know, if we get some volatility here in the first half of the month of January or going into options expiration um, in that third week of, of January, it uh, could get a little choppy. But uh, Leslie, got anything to add?
5: Or. Um- Yeah, so I was adding to bonds today. Um, Missed that little bounce in gold, which was pretty strong. So it was interesting to see that uh, you know little V recovery right off that one little bounce. Um, And then the main thing is um, the biggest strength I see is ITB and XLRE. Those are the only ones where the top end is reliably going higher high. Um, you know In It's a big it's r- higher
2: low this morning, right?
5: Yeah. and it's, you know, it's riding the top and then the range goes a nice chunk above. Um, although I did see um, the, the fang stock starting to do that again today. We started getting, you know, where they've been consolidating a little bit and the range finally started going up again. Um, so, yeah, that was... Pretty much it. I'm not doing yeah. anything with small caps right now. I shorted yeah, means- to the blade <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> for a I mean, minute.
0: I apologize. I misspoke about the uh, the ten I went to the kind of one one five six versus I said one five nine. I I, I apologize for that. So
1: that's my bad. But uh, yeah, no,
0: I'm I'm not touching small caps. In fact, I I booted the rest of my buckle uh, that I had today on, on obviously strength, and yeah, I'm definitely shoring up my book. You know, small cap discretionary. You know, was uh, it was an ETF exposure I had. So I kind of trimmed a bunch of that as well. Yeah, I I, I don't really. I still got legacy positions like Penn and DeFry and uh, Playboy still at the top of the, um, kind of in the top 10. But it's, uh, those are more the retirement count for that kind of, you know, longer term opportunities,
1: in my humble opinion.
5: Yeah. Um, the only other thing was, that, like Robert was saying, um, you know, hitting the, the stops in spy and queues on the way out of the day. Um, and that tailed off again pretty strongly right at the close. So it seems to have been a good, good call.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Hey guys, I got a few points to add, kind of touching yeah. on what some of you guys have already said. Um, I also bought more TLT today, bought some TLT, bought some options. I will say, you know, like uh, when you look at the consensus pos- positioning, people I think have been, um, I want to make sure I get this right. They looking at the, the two year and the 10 year, like the, the, it seems like the consensus has almost been a little bit off And I've noticed recently the two year went back to bullish trend, right? So that it's been making a, some higher, higher highs in this kind of the seventies, the 10 years, definitely still neutral. And I think over time going from quad one to quad four, we're going to want to get more exposure. I do think if we have a bit of a melt up rally in the next, let's say week or two or whatever in January, perhaps that the, the 10 year, might show a little bit more weakness so i'm still scaling into that position i'm not at max size yet um i i don't know where the trend line for bullish would be right or bearish bullish you know depending on how you know the, the risk range is presented at the top end i don't think we're going to kind of get out i did notice on the, the, on the
0: 10 year you're talking on yeah on the 10, on the ten year that the
2: upper bound like is it in the 160s maybe
0: no i think it's uh yeah, the, well, we got the trend last week at one thirty at one spot three five. Right. Um, so I think yeah, um, yeah. Good question. You, you keep keep chatting. I'll see if I have it in my notes.
2: Okay. So. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So just something I I noticed. You know, again, it's it could be a, just a function of low volume. Um, but uh, so I'm not. You know, I'm, I'll find the right spot. You know, if we do extend this kind of Goldilocks scenario a little bit longer. Um, just the opportunity cost, you know. I'd rather be in some higher flyers than than in bonds, but it's it's you know maybe maybe for this it's better to be a little bit earlier, like, like Keith said, you know it's 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 a placeholder, uh, helps, you know with with cash and all that. Um, on tech, a couple of things I noticed, you know I, I've been very close to Facebook. It's definitely gone bullish there's some narratives about oculus being a popular christmas present i noticed the last two days though you know it tried to break out it got into like the low 350s 353 then it back down this morning it opened up but 349 also came back down um to me that looks like some short covering it seems like people were short facebook relative to other tech or they've been on that trade for a while and so maybe they're closing some of that out um, i would have loved to see some more sustained buying pressure you know I think three forty five forty four was kind of trend. it has one month and three month price momentum now three month I think barely it's about flat um, so just you know something to look at uh, and in Amazon, the risk range is tightening you know it's uh, again for whatever the reason it's the one of the biggest components in XLY XLY has recently moved up higher um, but Amazon hasn't really participated in that fundamentally, I think you guys have heard. Uh, freeman's pitch on amazon their capex investment this year how i'll pay dividends next year so maybe there's a pair trade if i'm not super you know in love with xly some other components going into a quad four but i I like amazon as a company it's been basically flat all year so i think there are reasons why it could catch a bid early next year but you know i don't have a position i'm just tracking that a little bit i want to see where that goes um and then yeah we'll we'll get to the rest I, i think one of the things you might have not talked about, I think, was it Caffeine Addict brought it up this morning just on the VVIX ratio, you know, looking at volatility, how we're not out of the woods yet, RVX, OVX, Vixen, VIX are all kind of starting to get towards a lower bound. Um, I noticed that VVIX was still in the, you know, 113, 114 range. It, it crashed today. It came down a little bit more, yeah. but, but that yeah. ratio being north of six, six and a half, is yeah it's it's you know it could be a head fake right so like i'll enjoy the market write up but definitely um you know for client money i'm not i'm not all in the market just just because of that setup um but maybe yeah, there's a catch-up yeah. trade right i'm talking my book i hope some of these small caps get a bid back um whatever tax loss harvesting is happening like it can only work if the markets that are at time high if the markets are cratering you know a lot of these small caps that are out of favor are probably not going to get love um in a systemic way
0: yeah those are great points and yeah the VIX close kind of just under 110 it looks uh you know looks like I, I hadn't actually looked at that going into the close so Ah, uh, great call out there. Uh, considering about a week ago is at you know north of one hundred and fifty, uh, so big move there, and obviously big move on, on the VIX too, right? Um, as I mentioned, kind of down, probing the low end of the risk range, um, and yeah, no. So that that's a good, 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 great call
6: out, Jimmy. Thank you.
5: Um, following on that, you know, VIX might be not be done. Low volume, um, sort of environment we're in. I am regularly putting on a starter position in something that looks like a decent spot. It doesn't move. I take it off. Um, Just not really letting things sit overnight if they're not kind of immediately going my way or showing some sort of signs of strength kind of feels like the um, default might be falling off overnight. Um, So I'm just kind of pulling them out. Same thing with you know, cues and, and spy. Kind of at the end of the day, can always put it on again in the morning.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, Joe. I mean, I think you mentioned this morning that you 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 sent a message around you're about what twenty five thirty percent that you know net short something like that. Uh the cat. Sorry, Joe. Cat. Because I'm I'm definitely getting close to there. I'm sitting on still a lot of cash, but uh, not only was I selling and buying uh, bonds, but I was definitely i uh, shorting a bunch of stuff today.
5: So what, what did you short today?
0: Uh, I shorted tech, uh, XOK. I shorted uh, financials. I shorted energy. I shorted um, high beta. I shorted just S&P. Um, yeah.
7: yeah, I'm about as as short as I've Oil. been in... Uh all year (laughs) it's a lot of uh yeah yeah. got bigger in oil i'm short uh the inflation etf infl um yeah i mean it's you kind of got to look at this move as is it is it sort of continuation of the trend that we've seen or is this a counter trend kind of bounce into the new regime and i'm kind of playing it that way that this like if you if you fell asleep the last two months and you you looked at it today or the last couple of days, it kind of looks like quad two, you know, 10 years up at the top of its range. Inflation plays are kind of bouncing oils bounced. And, you know, I, um, I'm kind of leaning toward, there are still a lot of people who are offsides on that pivot. I think hedge has been a little early to call that pivot away from inflation. I, I don't, I certainly don't see that as consensus that we've hit peak inflation, you know, peak hawkishness, peak, Peak a lot of you know inflation linked aspects, so that's kind of the the way I'm looking at it. Is this is you know I it, the 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 pivot kind of caught me off guard into and through this quarter where there were some there were some points where it was a little rough to to kind of hold those inflation plays. So I'm taking this as a as a gift, and it could could be wrong, but that's that's kind of how I'm seeing it. Yeah. it? And you said it uh, right when I got on this call, which I, I think is a good point to raise. Is like don't don't get too overeager to position for quad four and and kind of do it incrementally. And I think that's, that's certainly how my portfolio is positioned. It's not, it's not all in all, all quad four, but it's, it it certainly looks different than it looked a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah. I think that's spot on. And yeah, I mean, from an inflation standpoint, just from an anecdotal standpoint, I mean, it was definitely a, a, a key topic of discussion over the, Uh, holiday weekend at at the Christmas dinner table with aunts and uncles and stuff like that. It was pretty funny. Um, I was about, you know, kind of the only one saying, hey, you know, this, this is peak, right? I mean, don't just... Don't worry about that lumber, you know, that deck that you're trying to build. Just wait till the till, till the spring, and I think you'll get some better prices. <laughs> yeah, and, and
7: and people are saying like it, it, it's people are people who don't follow, you know markets and rate of change, I think as closely as as yeah. we do. and as hedge Nation does, I think are always a step behind. Just just anecdotally, I had the same I had the same sort of laugh to myself, both ways with uh, refinancing my mortgage about, Mm-hmm. Like it, it was when i first bought the house in 2019 and then when i refinanced last year and the the broker that i was speaking to like he had it he had it wrong both ways like he he thought interest rates were going <laughs> to continue to go down when we all kind of saw <laughs> that they were turning and now i think there's consensus out there that interest rates are going to continue to rise for the next 6 to 9 to 12 months and here we are on the other side of that again so it's just it, it's interesting yeah. seeing you know kind of the the, the view that we have versus everyone else kind of out there in, in the real world so to speak
3: yeah
7: Joe do yeah, you mind if,
3: um, you're you're shorting bullish trends more so for short term because they're at the top end of the risk range thinking quad one is still around or you're shorting them thinking that quad one short <laughs> and you're just getting ahead of the possible quad one everything goes up most. Um,
7: that's healthy it's a good question. It's a bit of both. I mean, yeah. it's a, a oh, lot of the okay. things, so, a lot of the things that Joe, I'm short, sorry, sorry, just ahead for ahead.
0: everybody. That, that, no, no, that was Mitchell, which is other side asset management. One of the things I'm going to try to do better at is sort of, you know, dictate, you know, who's, who's speaking when, right. So that was other side asset management. And now we're back to Joe, Joe cat Fracticat. cat. <laughs> go ahead.
7: Yeah. And I think the, the things that are it, the, the lazy answer to your question is it's a bit of both. I think it, some of the things that I've, I've been short, were bearish or at least in my system were bearish trend and have since started to to creep back to bullish i think uh would be a good example of that uh but i still have in, uh, inflation i, I NFL, uh actually just went back to bullish today so i it, it's a good it's a good call out it's it, it's certainly not something i'm going to stick with wrong for too much longer but I'm, I'm sizing it appropriately where the fact that some of these things are starting to creep back to bullish trend, a lot of the inflation-linked stuff, I'm trying to keep right. that in mind with the, the macro view that we all kind of have and that hedge I has, which is that inflation has peaked. And so these inflation-linked things, quad-two-linked things that are starting to creep back to bullish trend, I'm going right. to lean toward that as a head fake more so than that's a continuation of what we've seen for the last couple of months. I hope that answers the question.
3: Yeah, that's fair. And I, I, I'm not... It's not a gotcha or a setup. I'm curious to see what your your thought mentality is. I mean, you know, as you have, as as uh, Robert pointed out, you know, the ten years moving through the top end of the risk range, I'm always keeping in the back of my mind that, you know, beach ball underwater, right? As Keith always describes. So, you know, some of these things are moving in a direction, and I keep the dynamic in the back of my mind with active sellers gone, passive buyers continuing to buy through the new year and January 2nd or 3rd or whenever we come back to work becomes a completely different day where people say, holy shit, I got to position my book. What am I going to do? And they start to hit those names that have been overbought and, you know, buy the names that have been kind of, you know, uh, uh, tailing off if you will. So, yeah, I appreciate the, the color from your, your mentality. Thank you.
7: Yeah, I, I, go ahead, no, Robert, go ahead sorry. No, no no go ahead yeah I was, I was just gonna add that it's uh it's it, it's it's my uh, my my book positioning is slow slowly phase transitioning from comfortably short to uncomfortably short and just yeah. just mostly with respect to you know things it, it's never comfortable when you're short and things are going against you because that that can happen very quickly and rip your face off so so it, it's it, it it's Uh, a wide breadth of short I'm short a lot of names but I'm short very small size in all of those names right that just kind of in totality is I I think I I didn't even notice it like absolute percentage wise of my book till the other night that it was it was approaching a a third of my book is short and I I'm I'm comfortable with that because I, I I feel like I've my biggest mistake over the last year has been every five or six weeks leaning too long into those corrections and getting just my face smacked on being too long or too correlated to high beta as that correction starts to materialize. And that's, that's something I'm trying to do differently is not, uh, you know, not kind of walk into that wall, so to speak, that, that I, I, I did far too often in 2021. I,
0: I yeah. think that's bang on, bang on Joe. And exactly kind of, you know, similar thought process on my side, right. Is, you know, for instance, kind of selling some of this ITB, right. It's like, okay, I don't really want to sell it, but I made those mistakes throughout kind of 2021 where it was like, okay, you know, this stuff's at the top of the range. It keeps probing top of the range. I want to hold on to this. I want to own this, you know, going into, you know, basically, over you know, the next, you know, three to six months. But at the same time, you know, there's like, you know, it's, very probable that there's another opportunity to, to buy and So why not, you know, I, I was right, you know, we were right on on kind of the 17th and the 20th, right? Of buying the, the dip here on, on certain in certain names and or basically across the board really. And so why not pay yourself, right? And 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 now I've flipped to that and said, okay, well I don't really want to sell anymore of I say my my triple Q's or my XLK and therefore I'm going to buy or short, I'm basically I'm I'm going to I'm going to short it now, right? Because I think you know i I would I would otherwise be a seller, and so therefore why not just short it? And I'm shorting it in kind of long-only accounts via inverse correlated stuff like T, you know, TCS is the, um, you know, is the uh, short you know tech basically, right? So
8: yeah, so you guys use inverse? Right, like that's the best thing I think uh, in terms of not getting long term. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and in, in, again, I mean, in long in a
0: retirement account, I can't, I can't, you know, just outright short anything, right? So you can't, I can't go long short. So, uh, yes, that is that is how I'm doing a chirp. So that's the the chirper who asked that question.
3: Yeah, yeah, my, I, I have a similar thought process to Joe. My my, and I haven't gone there yet. Um, my thought process is more so though, keeping it short term. If we do see that quad one and everything moves higher. I think this is an opportunity at top ends of some ranges to either trim or, as he said, sell some short, right? If I'm going to sell some, why not short it, right? Um, but I, I would definitely – in the way I'm viewing it is I, I would keep that on a tight rope, uh, tight leash, and take my – you know, take whatever gains I got in small pieces because um, I do still think that we get this – quad one shallow quad four and then we get an opportunity gavin has been talking about you know behind the scenes with uh, you know our little group where you know as things get closer to materializing as a true quad four well then you have more conviction in it as opposed to a lot of things recapturing neutral or or, or bullish trends etc so yeah it's i don't think it's a bad thought from joe at all i just I just am thinking about it in a short-term manner, uh, as opposed to a longer-term trade, given what we have staring in front of us. And I'm not—that's what Joe is thinking either. That's why I wanted to ask him. That's all.
0: And Mitchell, I mean, I could have a completely different tune next next Wednesday, right? In terms of next week, in terms of you know the you know the big boys are back on the table. They're having their morning meetings on Monday, Tuesday, and they're reassessing, right? If this market just keeps freaking grinding higher, right? And we go to you know, the 71st, 72nd and 73rd, you know, uh, all time highs in the SPY in the last 12 months, then I'm going to say, see you later. And I'm going to get, you know, completely reverse course really at the end of the day. Right. Because, you know, I think we're, you know, again, it's right now, it's a bit defensive. And then on top of that, it's sort of kind of trying to look ahead being like, okay, you know, we're at pretty much, you know, very much all time highs in a number, number of asset classes, XLK being one of them. And therefore, you know, what, you know, how do I want to try to think about that in the next month, but then also in the next six months?
7: Yeah, and I would kind of sum, sum it up this way, at least at least I'm thinking about it this way, is if, for the macro unaware, this, everything looks fine today. Like today, yep. like this week, today, everything looks like it's looked. Inflation linked plays are ripping. Reflation is here to stay. Uh, you know hawkishness from the Fed, whatever, whatever. Like it, it, that that kind of the way that things have been going in the markets for the last couple of months. If you're not thinking the way that Hedgeye is thinking and looking ahead to the rate of change, specifically of inflation, but potentially growth in inflation, if we get a shallow quad four, then the, the, there's the, you're either you're, you're not selling or you're getting greedy or you're pressing. And you know not to make this you know about what we we're all doing kind of. I don't want to make it bigger than what it is, but just as a as an anecdote, I actually reallocated an old retirement account and my son's 529 uh, today to a, a much much higher bond allocation than I had. And I had a very low bond allocation for most of the year, um, just because I think what's going on in the bond market is a gift. If 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 Hedgeye is right, and I think that they are, and we are moving toward uh, a, a, a lower inflationary environment or and or a slowing growth environment, then bonds are going to do well. And I, I think looking at the 10 year today, just the surface area of just, just the price action today and the price action this week, it looks like, Oh, the 10 is doing what it's been doing all year. It's going to keep going higher yields. are going to keep going up. I think that's a consensus. And I think that that's wrong. That, that, that thought could end up being wrong, but that's, mm-hmm. I think there's a time to kind of get in gear with the the, the trend and there's a time to fade it and, Just personally, I I, think this is a point
3: to fade. I agree with you, and I think you're right on that. Last week, I did the same thing with all my 529s in shop. And the reason, the thought process behind that was, one, I think consensus is wrong. Two, I don't know about where you guys are, but 529s at most places only give you two moves a year.
7: Exactly.
3: Uh, So I use this move before the end of the year. That gives me another move prior to quad four. And then it gives me another move out past quad four, whatever the Fed yeah, Q, Q3, they, or whatever yeah. they try to come with to save things. So that gives me three as opposed to just two. So I, I I set up very similarly, Joe, and that doesn't mean we're that doesn't mean either of us are right, right? It just means that. <laughs> line so yeah but that
7: that's that was exactly my thought process too about only having two a year i was like oh this is this is a gift if you know two days before the end of the year and bonds are doing what they're doing it just seemed like a no-brainer
9: are you guys any good at fantasy football that sounds like a final fantasy move where you have to get your transfers done before you get there (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, I mean, Chris, not to toot my own horn, but I got the championship game this weekend, baby, defending my title. (laughs) Uh, uh, I... I basically just trade all the time. I just I pick up. I I look at the rate of change of players, and uh, it's worked out well two years in a row. Hedgeye's influenced it, considering I was consistently the middle to the bottom of the pack up until joining Hedgeye. It's uh, it's changed my my attitude or mental attitude and mental mental focus on many aspects in life, including for fantasy football.
9: Yeah, I've got my um, we were sorting out my son's team this morning because he's had a bit of a bad couple of weeks, and then. I was trying to to get him to get his head around the fact that so his Uncle Dave is like 200 points ahead of him in the league. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, but if if you pick all the same players that Uncle Dave's got, then you're never going to catch him. You're just going to lag him by the same amount. So it's like you're going to have to pick one or two players, like wildcard players that he's never going to pick so that you have a chance that if they do well, you'll be able to catch up with him. So that was the... So that was the school day today.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. What are you? Uh, what are you seeing out there, Chris? And and you know, both within your European markets as well as you know, crypto space, that kind of thing. So this, So again, just this is uh, a Chris Thousand Air FX uh, is his handle, and yeah, he's our
9: boy from the UK. So um, I was looking at gold. Um. I'm liking the fact that all of the gold bugs are really silent at the minute. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like,
9: um, obviously, the price hasn't broken out, but whenever I don't know, they've been burnt a lot this year, right? So, especially when crypto's going down, I was expecting to kind of see the oh, well, Bitcoin's down seven percent today, and gold is up whatever point two or whatever it is mm-hmm. but there's just silence there's absolute silence and i know it's the holiday and stuff but it'll be interesting to see how long the silence continues because then it means that it's probably a good <laughs> good time to start adding yeah because it's been proven that every time that they all start high-fiving each other then it you know it pulls back
1: like five percent <laughs> totally
9: yeah, I
0: think this eighteen hundred this like eighteen hundred level is, is is I won't say critical, but certainly a, a telling telling spot in my humble opinion, right? It's either you know, you are either this is kinda of like the last, you know, if it kinda of holds around <laughs> here, it's it's likely, to your point, kind of the last, you know, potentially the last little dip, right? Going into Q one, Q two next year. But, you know, if it kind of breaks, it, it it it's likely gonna go to the low end of the range, and then that's when I'll be buying it with sort of,
9: you know both of yeah and what else um even with crypto down i get a lot of people now that i've finally opened up my dms i didn't really realize they were closed <laughs> but um i get so many people messaging at the minute talking about nfts because mm. they've heard me they've heard me talking on here and they've said oh do you trade nfts and it's um, so yeah that's interesting but the other one was material so XLB um, so that looked interesting today and so it was the first day that the UK shares were trading so there's a lot of big miners obviously in the UK um, it'll be interesting to see how that holds up over the um, over the next couple of days and into into the start of next year I know i've made the i am a reformed gold bug so i have made the mistake of a gold miner isn't a, <laughs> a gold miner isn't gold <laughs> oh yeah so <laughs> i have i have fell for that but um yeah it'll be interesting to see next year yeah
0: it's still got an eyeball premium as of this morning so it'll be in and certainly the best performer in the last week at at 3.55 percent uh here in the mm-hmm. u.s so yeah, I mean, it's definitely creeping up in terms of signal strength. You know, one month, three month, I think it's sitting right in the middle of the pack. So kind of on a yeah. trend basis, it's 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 definitely, you know, continues to, um, you know, look better and better. Yeah, it's uh, number three now, right? Right above, uh, you know, it goes XLK, XLRE, XLB on a three month basis in terms of your three month returns. It's definitely been been a good performer.
9: It never really gets talked about. It never gets, I know Keith never very rarely talks about it. Yeah. I don't even know. Like when when everything was going gangbusters, I can't even remember him really pulling the trigger on it in Q2, in um, quad two. uh, I might have been. The the
0: last time we kind of had it in the playbook was uh, when we had this four horsemen, right? It was XLK, XL. Was it XLF? Yeah, XLK, XLF, XLB.
2: What was it for? XLI. XLI.
0: Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that was kind of last time we, we it's, I again, I don't know this for a fact, but um, I could certainly back check it, or somebody can 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 uh, can, can cross check my um, math. But I think that's probably the last time, during that period, was probably the last time you hit the button on XLB. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It had a rough. Yeah. It had a rough period in the in the summertime, and then. Uh, Ever since that lull, basically, it's just been on fuego, basically, late September, even kind of, really kind of June, like, post-quad two, right? That June to sort of, really, quad three, I guess, really, because it was really the month, the the Q3, basically, it was, like, June until early, you know, late September. Um, But then, ever since then, it's been on fire.
9: I... I have a I have a question. Um, yeah, to kind of put out there, does anyone know how to get old like basically what? So I'm looking at momentum. I want to try and find out what momentum held in whatever in 2011, 2012, 2013. Does anyone know where I'll
0: be able to find that? I don't like like the ETF MTUM.
9: Yeah, or any or any momentum sure. kind of index, right? I do so not just know if, the Just to if, that. if 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 anyone knows, or just send me a message or anything. I don't have a Bloomberg. It's probably it's probably on there with one click of a button. Boop, well, so <laughs> I don't have that.
3: My Bloomberg rep. I don't have a Bloomberg yet, but I'm probably going to bring one on board any day. So I have a Bloomberg rep. He's he's uh, open to email. So I'll to email. I can't guarantee. I'll let you know if he does. Uh, no, not yet. Yeah. What yeah, years? Great. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. What years specifically? As much as you can get. Okay. As much you as you it. can get, if it's possible. Got it. Yeah. Mitchell.
0: So, yeah. So, so, Chris, that's, um, other side asset management,
9: um, that, that
0: just said that. So uh thousand air FX, uh, I mean, Mitchell, I think he got his, his handle, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, Chris is a pretty big data guy, so as much data as possible, uh, I suspect, would be his uh, his favorite. All right, so, I mean, we've been kind of at this for 45 minutes now. Does um, anyone out there listening, you, you guys got any commentary or questions or notebook review? Um, Chirp, I think. Oh, Jimmy's got one. All right, yeah, let's go back. Yeah, here. guys, let's I go got go a
2: question here. for y'all. Maybe you guys can help me with this. This is, like, on the verge of narrative economics, but, like, you know we haven't really seen a six percent gdp and then a four percent gdp scenario ever i think in the us like i know the rate of change math and all that stuff but like i, I do wonder you know like regardless of what inflation actually is if we, if we go from six to four and a half uh, between like passive flows and some of these you know growth stocks that have, have been beaten up i like i, I wonder You know, maybe maybe quad four is not as deep as we all think. We we have this shallow and deep dynamic. I think there is a lot of like there's a lot of smart money that's preparing for that. Um, But I do wonder, you know, every year there's a surprise, right? And so like whatever we're thinking right now that we feel is kind of consensus or the math adds up, I have a feeling something's gonna throw a wrench in our way. I don't know what it is yet. Um, So I'm following the signal, right? I'm, I'm trying not to lead with my narrative, but I do think that. Um, it almost feels too easy when the whole world sees that there's going to be multiple quarters of Quad Four. You know, we, we clearly haven't even gotten to the real pain yet, but, like, when, when everything is one way in that respect, I wonder how that could change, whether it's policy, you know, whether we get more capital injections or whether we get something else that happens that, um, that changes that dynamic. I, I don't know if it's a question, but I just wonder if you, you guys have been thinking about that.
3: Jimmy I, I I think many of us probably think about that nightly, right? Or daily. That's mm-hmm. it's uh, something that everybody thinks about. I, from the standpoint of Keith addressing it, he is without question focused on the rate of change. He's, it is not the absolute level, it is the rate of change. Uh, he's said that numerous times. When you look at this when you look at the deficit in terms of what the government is no longer spending or investing the gap it's it's enormous i mean it's a big hole so even though the number might look like a six to a four i, I think that's still a really big deal but obviously as you noted the signal's going to tell us right so i am I'm, I'm not gonna i, I think if anything's if, if i've learned anything last year getting smacked by by being too late to a quad that what i've handled the best is straddling the quad um that's i I think the markets are moving the markets can move exponentially faster than most of us can move from the standpoint of pricing in the next quad so what you can see in a a couple days you might get smoked um and not recover so i i think it's one of those things where you you have to play the signal i've Straddle the quad. I think most of what I'm hearing here, most guys are kind of thinking the same thing, but you also have to be ready for that innovation. You know, what when markets do go haywire, and uh, assuming they do, right? Your question is, what if they don't? If markets do go haywire, what is the innovation that the Fed throws at everybody? My narrative, if you're going to talk narratives, has been. The inability for the Fed to uh, to save the markets with the SPIVs legally, right? So, CARES Act of last year, what December twenty eighth of last year, got rid of the Fed's ability to use the SPIVs to buy corporate bonds and junk bonds. So, what is the backstop for that? That that I don't know. They, the only way they can do that is with congressional approval, congressional and senate approval, and you're dealing with congressional and senate approval heading into a midterm election. So, so my fear is, well, fear. My my thought concern narrative is, it'll take very very few Republicans are going to want to hand Democrats a perceived win, right? If markets do go quad four second quarter into third quarter but second quarter starts to become pretty damn ugly fed tries to intervene fed has no ability to cut rates to zero so do they go negative they can start up quantitative easing again right buying back mortgage-backed securities yada yada whatever but even when they did that it still needed the fiscal and the monetary to bring us out of the hole from last year is this quad four deep enough as to where something needs to happen from the fed and what can the fed do legally do they cross many red lines i don't know the answer to that question but i think that's that should be on everybody's mind um, my concern is what can they do legally and then if they can't do what they did last year legally what what do you get with congress and the senate because that that is a real thing Right, and that's kind of what happened in 08 when you needed Congress to approve the TARP and all that bullshit back then. Right, so. And J- Jimmy
0: too. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't part of it. Uh, at, you know,
3: during this junction,
0: but I know kind of you know Quad Four was called in late 2018, and it took you know basically you know a number of quarters to sort of really kind of the market to kind of really play it out right and sort of start baking it in from you know he's mentioned this uh, in terms of or keith has mentioned this in terms of uh the tenure right kind of being a little early and it was painful you know the first few weeks probably you know in reality is probably a month to, to maybe two months i don't really know because i wasn't around um but you know uh, was, you could
9: yeah go ahead Chris. There was kind of two there was two bites because basically it would have been going into quad in let me get it right. It would have been going into quad four in Q two, but then you had everything that came through off the back of um, COVID through twenty seven. No, no, in twenty eighteen. Oh so 2018. It, would have been, it would have been quad four in Q two, and then everything that came forward because of the Trump tax cuts and everything obviously just powered straight through that and pushed pushed everything back into Q two again. Uh, quad two again. And then the call again was at the end of September, so for Q4, quad four and Q4.
0: Yeah, Jimmy, and you mentioned stuff too in terms of um, the um, from a more kind of like a younger demographic standpoint, the uh, uh, student loan debt, right? And the fact yeah that's, been, that's, that that's kind of been a been, moving target, and that's been a moving target. It's been pushed out, I think, another month, I believe. And and so you know, if they come back in with a Big old bill, right? That basically ten to fifty
2: day. grand. I don't know. Yeah, that we going to or like, know, a has the support, but you know they've uh, extended till May, and then there's maybe some additional.
0: Who knows? Yes, who knows, right, Jimmy? But I mean, that would be a huge. I mean, that, that would be a big deal, right? And I think that could impact kind of the growth parameters around, uh, around around that. I think from a portfolio, yeah. I think from a portfolio allocation Absolutely. standpoint you know, the way, you know, at least the way I'm approaching, the way that I'm thinking about it right now is obviously the signal is, is key, but then also looking at items or getting exposure to areas that kind of work in that. Cause again, I mean, if you look at the quad map, it's, it's sort of a, a shallow or narrow, you know, quad one slash quad four, right. I mean, basically in almost the next three quarters. So to me, that's kind of the more definitive roadmap for certainly for the, you know, near term and, and for the kind of potentially three to nine months here and in going into 2022. And therefore, you know, I mean, again, not to, I mean, hedge, I think just put out a great note, kind of a combination of the XLK and, and REITs, right. Or ITB or however you want to get exposure to it, but, you know, probably home builders would be a better one uh, given the the supply constraints and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think just strategically looking at some of those, that exposure, right. And rotating away from, You know, again, I don't want to. I'm not picking on you, Jimmy, but just you know, rotating away from some smaller caps that might just not, you know, function as well. There's going to be some winners in there, obviously, inside a small in small cap land. But you know, going going kind of a little larger cap, larger cap growth, larger cap, um, you know, a little less beta, right? Maybe some defensives and 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 or some dividend type um, exposure, right? Which all kind of work well in sort of a you know, narrow quad four environment, uh, you know, that's kind of how I'm thinking about it and positioning it. Uh, and, and, but I think you're going to get likely a pretty telling sign from both. I suspect both from Keith, like next week in terms of, you know, whether or not we're shifting at all or if um, and, and or from the market. Um, I, I really do think that you as I mentioned, you know, kind of 20 minutes ago, you know, these sort of kind of selling stuff and, and going a little bit short here, uh, to to me, if that if that doesn't play out within the week, then it's not playing out in the next few weeks, and you know it could be basically uh, into options expiration again, right back in into the back half of January, but that's like three weeks from now. I mean, that's basically the entire. I mean, that's like potentially two two ball games basically right from from now. So I don't want to be on the wrong side of that. <laughs> Sorry, I, think Eric,
9: Eric. I think it's. I think as well part of the um. I know I shared, I know I shared some chat. Well, I shared them with Joe, but uh, they were public. Um. I just don't know because I'm going back over all these back tests. You know, trying to build my own version of the quad, so you can just put in the ETF ticker and it will give you what the quads were and everything. As the parts that I've shared in that new dashboard. Which has been awesome, by the way, thousanders. Since you know, since the last two years, um, you know, one of the charts is what the expected out expected value and the percentage positive would have been. You know, if you go back to 2010, it will show you what it would have been for XLK or whatever, and how it's changed. And the two big massive ones that have changed have been XLE, which has just fallen, and XLK, which has just gone up. And Part of that because the. See, this is kind of when, when everyone was talking all politics and all that sort of stuff that I have no idea about. Like in the back of my head, I am a bit of a fanboy. I'm going to just put that out there. Um, I can just hear Mike Green just talking in the back of my head saying it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I know two, two doesn't make every, but. The bottoms on. Um December twenty fourth, twenty eighteen, and March twenty third, twenty twenty, shifted all of the back tests for quad falls for all of the equity exposures because it came so quick. Right. So if you so if you look back now, if you look back now at, a quad, at the quad the quad four back test, if you look on those charts, I'll share them. Almost everything like shifted up by two percent. The expected return shifted up by two percent in a quad four so a quad four for equities looks quite a lot different than it did going into 2018 now and i just wonder how much you know and i've how much impact does what happened in 2015 on a quad two does that have as much weight as the one that we've just had you know, that's what I'm trying to figure out now. Is like, is everyone says, oh, you have to have a back test, but how far do you go back? Do you have to have 20 years? Do you have to have 40 years? Or even if you have 40 years, do you only use the last five? Do the last five matter more? Mm-hmm. I,
3: if if I'm help, if I'm a I, I'm a fan of Mike's as well. I've I've DM'd with him a handful of times, and his work is I, I just I think it's special. Um, I think with. If you follow the hedge-eye thought process, but you also follow what Mike Green says, I think that you have, uh, 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 and again, this could be a narrative, right? So I think you have that initial shock, right? I think you have the initial downdraft, which could be, uh, what was Q4 2018? It was about three, four weeks. That's what it was ultimately, right? Yeah. But it was over, it was about 20 some odd percent in terms of a quick drawdown. So if you can miss the initial drawdown then and you then take Mike's work into thought, even if you're down 20 even if markets are down 20 30 percent, you then have that much capital to allocate back into markets to test the theory right you can put 50 to 70 50 percent of your capital 60 percent of your capital back in all in. And and then you can see if markets still continue to, to draw down, you're still crushing indices by that metric, right? Yeah. So yeah, I I understand what you're saying. How much does it how much of the the passive at what point in time does the passive just dominate? And I think Mike says over fifty percent, right? Or am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah
8: he does. It's pretty, and it's yeah. already over fifty percent.
3: Right? Oh, no, it's not over fifty percent
8: yet. Is it not?
3: I it's not over. I don't think it's over fifty percent. I think it's close to fifty percent, but I think I don't think it's over fifty percent yet.
8: And another thing I saw, uh, going back to Chris's point, so you're basically trying to say like, IT work, XLK might work in a quad four regardless of what happens, just because the back test is showing you that. And uh, to add to that, another thing I noticed last time was in March when everybody was like talking about how market is crashing. The the Norwegian wealth uh, sovereign wealth fund, which is I think the biggest in the world, was buying crazy like into Google and all these things versus anything safe. So so that could I be think,
9: a, like. I think part of that is is these big tech names are basically like seventy or eighty year bonds, right?
8: Exactly. So if exactly. A, if, and the bond if yields are so low, and the capital gain on it, the upside is not that much. In in their, uh, based on what most of these guys are talking about, they rather buy Google and like Fang stocks. And I think that's how that's what you're basically seeing in your data, right?
9: I mean, the sovereign wealth fund can buy whatever the hell it wants, but if you're, <laughs> no, no, I don't mean that. I, I'm not, I don't mean that in a weird way. I mean they can buy whatever they want. But if you're in just if you're in an equity only fund you don't have the mandate to buy bonds so you have to buy what you can right there's only if you're yeah. big enough there's only so many utilities you can buy <laughs> yeah because <laughs> you have to diversify i mean yeah you have, you, so, you, know,
0: you can't you you, you can't over allocate the one asset to one security or one asset class so. if
3: if you look at the grand scheme of things the central banks can't afford to let it burn down right The Swiss National Bank has a greater equity portfolio than the vast majority of people out there. If BlackRock burns down, they take the whole market down with it, right? So you can't, you know, I've talked to some people about this before when it comes to market structure. And, you know, back before I even knew who Mike Green was, I wrote a piece called Moab, Mother of All Bombs, talking about 2020 being a year where fallen angels destroy markets based upon ETF structure and passive ETF structure. And when BlackRock's out there talking about passive ETFs and how great the liquidity was, yet they were handed a $75 billion blank check to bail themselves out, you got to ask yourself, how does a, a bond ETF provide instant liquidity when over 10 to 15% of their portfolio by prospectus can't be liquidated in under seven days without severely adverse effects to market price? And the answer is you can't. You can't provide instant liquidity without that adverse effect of market price when 10 to 15% can't even be sold in seven days. So these ETFs were bailed out with a blank check, and they needed to be. So if, if you go too long, if the Fed goes too long, as Keith is always saying – these guys are going to be on the phone with, with uh, Powell saying you got to do something. So there comes a point in time and that rescue always happens faster, right? So if we do enter a quad four, you have more active guys selling into passive, which is not, uh, which is not buying more than they're already told to by algorithm. You have that drawdown. And then that, snowballs on top of itself until whatever innovation comes the question becomes what's the innovation they have to do something that that piece that politico article well i'm not a politico fan that politico article on honig was a great piece it was a great write-up because they can't stop if they stop the house of cards comes falling down simply based upon market structure in and of itself if you understand mike green's work and i know chris does so yeah it's 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 all market structure at this point in time, but it doesn't mean that you can't prepare yourself and make money in those quad fours to bounce back for when that innovation.
0: <clears throat> yeah, it's spot on um, Mitchell from other side asset management. Um, Eric, you uh, asked, asked to speak. Was there anything on your mind?
4: Yeah, so I wanted to just throw out a couple of things. I'm uh, my view right now is shallow quad four, which is heavy REITs and some other things as y'all know. Um, one of the things that's an anomaly right now to me that I think y'all have touched on is if you run a relative strength chart of XLK to SPY, it's by far the most, the strongest uh, sector ETF out there. Um, going back to the discussion that, that was just being had, I view Fauci's drop of the quarantine to five days as a, as a large scream that the administration is scared to death of, of the upcoming elections and they're gonna do whatever they can, even if it doesn't look intelligent to, uh, to, to do the best they can to get votes. And then the last thing I'd say is um, with the quarterly options expiry uh, this Friday, and VIX approaching the bottom end of the range. I think uh, uh, for a cup of coffee, as as Leslie was pointing out, for a cup of coffee, you might. Uh, well, I'm considering uh, long going long VXX and holding it to see what happens Monday morning, and then jumping out if it doesn't go anywhere. So, those are my comments.
0: Very, very well said. <laughs> and a good, good synopsis. Yeah, no, I think I think you're spot on. Uh, you know, in terms of the politics, who knows what's going to happen? But yeah, it's pretty interesting that the CDC all of a sudden, um, you know, dovetailed into uh, yeah, shortening that quarantine period and and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, that came out I think yesterday or this yeah, morning. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um. Yeah, Chris, did you have a
8: comment or anybody else out there? Anybody have questions? Yo, does, does, anybody, does anybody have any, any idea on this, like, OPEX coming up on this Friday? Like, how the JP Morgan trade would be structured? Like, Spot Gamma has been talking about it. I would love some, like, clarity on exactly how it can affect, like, the I was talking about how on uh, Monday, the volatility can go up. I don't know if that means volatility as in VIX goes up or not. But he was like, this would be more bullish for the market, given that September was like a call buying versus right now is call selling. Something like that. Not likely. like to nobody else can explain it. Who, yeah, who, think, who are you referencing? Spot
9: Gamma. Chirp? are you referencing
0: Spot Gamma? Like, is that the Twitter handle? You yeah. Mute? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm not. I'm not familiar with Spot Gamma, so I I don't really have a comment there. I I do know um, that obviously the the bigger op- options expiration was the seventeenth, right? So two weeks ago. But yeah. you know, month yeah. end, month end, year end is obviously you know still influential. Uh, Chris, do you have any? Or anybody else, Joe, I don't know, Leslie, Leslie follows a ton of Options Flow, Options Gunner, you're out there right now, too. Um, anybody's got insight on, on Flow, or what they're seeing in the options space, you know, greatly appreciated.
5: Yeah, I think what Chirp's okay. talking about is the uh, the quarterly um, JP Morgan yeah. collar yep. that's that, on the spy, yeah.
6: Um, Spot Gamma had a video they released yesterday, if you want to go check their timeline on it. They ex- yeah. Oh, okay, great, thanks, yeah. And it, it needs to roll.
5: Yeah. So, so the, the rolling is what they're talking about is the unwind can affect volatility possibly depending on how the, how the hedges unwind.
6: Yeah. And they're looking for,
8: uh, Oh, so were they, i sorry. Go ahead,
6: Bill. Just really quick. I mean, I don't understand the details. They're they're looking for possibly a move up on Friday and a move down on Monday based on how the gamma is working. Um, And sort of what Leslie's saying, uh, you could have a ball spike on Monday.
8: Okay. Yeah, see, that's what I wanted to know if I was, like, understanding it more correctly. So that's what I got out of that, too.
6: Yeah, but I would recommend watching the video because there's so many things in there that I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's tough stuff for me. <laughs> exactly,
8: and exactly, and that's why I was wondering, like, if anybody else like understands it outside even spot gamma, right? Yeah, yeah. like there are people who actually understand options that yeah. so they can explain it yeah. in their own world.
5: Well, and it, it's so known now. I mean, they've they've been publicizing this thing for a year now, um, pretty heavily on all, all these Twitter channels. So I don't even know how many people are front running running. You know the gamma spike. That that's where it loses me completely. It's like, how far in front of it do you have to get for it to mean anything? And then, is it going mean, to work at all? So I I mean,
0: don't know. to to me, the spot to get in front of it was last Monday, right? post post the seventeenth options expiration, uh, knowing that you had another quarter anyway. I, I don't know. Um,
8: hey, yeah.
9: After,
8: after no, after, like if yeah. you if you actually <clears throat> listen to the guy, the perfect time based on his analysis of how the expiry works, was Monday open, the dad drop was the time to buy. Like, he says, like, it's... On the 20th. On, on, like, yeah, on quad witching, it's always on Monday. Like, I even had it marked. It's just when Keith went, like, uh, sell or not buy. That's when I was like, okay, let's maybe see something I'm not seeing. And that's what the other guy, there's, like, other option expert who was talking about the same thing. He's like, uh, there was an extra reason why this could have gone the other way and not recovered. So then I was like, okay, so that's what Keith saw. But I don't know what exactly they were seeing because they don't really openly discuss that question. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I mean, uh, Brett Kachiba
5: at Spot Gamma is insanely educated about all the intricate details with this. You know, the problem is if one of us tries to put on part of that trade, we have no idea if it you know how to manage it based on exactly what's yeah. happening so I, I just stay away from that stuff <laughs> yeah
6: yeah the, the no,
8: one i want to use it to understand like what can actually happen sure and how we can trade around it or like buying aggressively when should we do it right
6: yeah I, yeah i <laughs> no, totally I... agree with you leslie it, it's way <laughs> over my head but i did see a video last week where they talked about how every monday after the, the biggest predictor was the Monday after the triple witching or quad witching is a down day at the start. That was that was the that was something I could understand.
0: <laughs> hey, I love it, Bill. I love it. Just put it in plain English, right? Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. Like that was yeah. a
8: simplistic way of understanding that one. I don't I wish like there was somebody who was like simplifying this a little bit more. It's basically like chem. This guy, and then there is a guy named Imran who who was a de- uh, like options trader in 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 UK. He did same job as uh, uh, Chem does, and basically they they are the ones who understand this kind of stuff, and they don't really explain it publicly that clearly. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, they
5: they try to. It's just <laughs> there's so much you need to know to even understand yeah. their explanations. So,
6: they Second yeah. derivative, second derivative, third derivative. I'm like, okay, that's enough for me. I can't, I can't get past the first second derivative.
9: There's two, there's two papers. I found them a couple of years ago, but I kind of overlooked them and didn't really pay attention. It went over my head, and now it, it sat on my desk permanently with highlighters and scribblings and chicken scratch all over it. Now, um, so they cover the vol, they cover the vol and option side. There's another part, so sorry, they that's on them squeeze metrics. So there's okay. two papers, and the other part because anytime Keith talks about volume, obviously, he talks about price, volume,
1: volatility.
9: Is he never goes into in depth on volume <laughs> mm-hmm. and just looking at the standard volume little ticky charts and stuff. It just seems too simple, and that's why I started looking at this because they have this thing called the um, called the chart. <laughs> Dix chart. Dix, what it is is. Yeah, it's, uh, it. it's D-I-X. one of these two.
1: Yeah. Oh, you're, you're Sorry. breaking up. Chirp, but... you're breaking it's, up now.
8: DX, I'm trying to understand that too. Yeah. No, it's pretty simple. So that's why
9: so what I've been trying to put so the charts that I make just use the standard volume but there's basically a dark pool there's another set of volume that's in behind all of this other volume and that seems to tie more closely whenever Cleith references volume he's very cryptic about it but it ties in more with what this other volume metric says than what just the standard volume chart on your on trading view or whatever you use
8: says 100% right. 100% i think that's what he's talking about too because you have to pay a lot of money to get that dark, dark pool data i think and that's only like professional services usually have access to and i think free. that's what he's talking about
5: you can get it on unusual whales that's included yeah,
8: and
9: you can get it for free it's on the it's on finra it's just the problem is is the data is really it's not put together very well so you have to It takes a lot of time to get the
10: data.
5: Unusual whales is pretty inexpensive and they, they do a pretty good job of making it searchable. Yeah. Whales, whales does
10: it. This is options gunner. Leslie's on point. So whales has it. Trady has dark pool. Quant data has it. There are, there are a few. And so I think the hedge, Eye slides when, as they're presented, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I don't believe those include the dark pool data. So, I do do scans from time to time. One of the things I do like to look at, and some people may not see value in it, and that's okay, is I do look at relative volume. So um, I'll overlay that with options activity. I'll look at rel- relative volume. I'll look at fall as well, RTAs, that kind of stuff,
8: just to kind of uh, get a
10: feel. So like JD can days you, where... can you, J.D., can you, can you just for those that don't
0: really follow that world, can you just expand on, on relative
10: yeah. So, so relative volume is just, it's pretty simple. I mean, it's really just looking at um, the volume for a given day. So today's what the 29th. So, so you have a, a relative volume of like 0. 0.8, right? So it's, it's not even a full uh, one-to-one volume that you would see on any given trading day. You could look at it. Uh, I'm sure weekly, monthly, however you want to break it down. I, do not have the time to go into the weekly or monthly because i think that's a little above my scale um but i will look at the do a quick glance um at the daily relative volume so like Coifin is a great tool they have that it'll you know calculate it for you um if you look at market movers you set up a watch list um i look at it just to be another little channel check or pilot check so if you have say things in the energy name right like people are shorting energy, um, WTI is bearish trend. You're seeing oil kind of go against people right now, or the energy names going against people. Well, I'll look at it. I'll look at the relative volume, right? And and so if it's like not even 1%, not even 1%, uh, 100% of regular volume, if it's like 80% of relative volume but it's going up, I could chalk it up to, hey, it's Algo's having fun on a light trading week, um, a little short covering people or junior traders are goofing around. Um, but if it's like I'm getting squeezed on a volu- on a relative volume of 3.5, that's that means you know you're seeing 3.5 times the normal day's volume, and mm-hmm. if I'm short, that's that's not a fun day, right? Um, <laughs> so, so, what do you reach?
5: <laughs>
3: to say the least. What so that's how I don't what get
10: do super look? complicated about it. Um, for, for right now, I mean, I don't have a, a fancy pants way. I'm doing it mostly on a daily because Hedgeye is looking at it daily, so I'm looking more so. On a daily I'll take a peek at um, yeah I'll just go one day versus one day. yeah that that's basically it and it's like like I'm not gonna say it's the most scientific way to do it but I do notice multiple services do offer it day traders look at it and so I just look at it particularly if I'm near if there's a a, something that's bothering me so like if say energy is bothering me or say crypto not the crypto itself, but the names like block or whatever, Mara, whatever, they're bothering me. I'm gonna look at those things and be like, What the heck? Um and look at that with the risk range, look at it with volume, look at it with relative volume, and kinda try to make an informed decision. So sorry for blathering on no. but No, I um, love that. Yeah. And and that, on over, are you looking,
8: that looking for let's say one day over, are you
0: looking for Sorry. Hey Chirp, can
9: you just hold on one second? Go ahead, Chris. I oh, know. Sorry, I was just going to say um, in the charts that I shared, that's in the volume section. So when you see yep. volume versus one day, one month, that just shows you the last training cool. day versus yeah, yeah
8: awesome. So
9: versus the one one month average. I actually wanted to. Um, I'll let Chirp carry on and then on and then on. Yeah, Chirp, it. go
8: ahead, buddy. And, and- and, and and are you looking at like let's say uh, one day over one day there's a volume spike right and and the stock went up that's uh, then that looking you're looking at that as a positive, whereas when when it goes up and the volume is lower day over day it's a little bit more negative is that how you and, I, and yeah before,
10: I, I tend to it depends on the quad too right because like if we're in a reflationary like say we're in quad two and something's going up on light volume you know we're all probably paring out a little bit as it's going towards the top of the range um but if it's like a quad say it's like a quad three four type setup and um i'm short something and the relative volume is pretty light it's gonna bother me right um but i'm not gonna like go bananas on it right you say i'm short if i'm going long and it's any quad setup, and I have this relative volume, and it looks pretty good, um, and options activity is also really good, then those are really cool. I I tend to say sometimes I'm going to take some of the equity off. I'm going to pare down a few basis points, but I may leave an option on, or I may put an option on that's short dated at the top of the range just to see what happens. Something very small. It's very small. So, yeah.
9: Just to add on to that, that's that's this this is the part where I think this um, these dark pool index, indexes matter because it's the it's the dark it's the well, you need to read the paper, but it's, it's basically a short selling, but it, it doesn't mean that you're going short the stock. It's that volume relative to the total market volume, sorry, like in anything. So if it's Apple. It's the total traded volume in Apple against this dark pool index volume, and depending on the the, the relative amount to itself. So if it's dependent on the range, it will trade between twenty percent and forty percent of the volume will be this other dark volume. And obviously, if it's forty percent, then that's a good that shows you that people are buying. Um, It's probably better if people go and read it and I'll write something about it later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nice. Cool. No, uh, i just perfect. I don't know if people saw, saw, you know, a few months ago I was writing on the the arena at the time, but no one ever goes there really. It's getting really quiet. But um, I was writing about um, high beta. And it was, I wrote the piece basically trying to say how we see things. And obviously, because we're humans and we want to look at little objects on a screen, or, you know, we survived through history trying to, if we were really good at spotting snakes, which was our biggest thing that was going to kill us, then you survived. And if you look at a chart on a screen, it looks like a lot of snakes. (laughs) So you want to see wiggly lines everywhere. But the computer doesn't look anything like that. It just looks at a set of numbers. It's not, it doesn't even look, it doesn't even have a screen. It's just looking at a set of numbers, right? So when it sees Apple, it just sees total trading volume, one month price momentum, day blah blah blah. It just sees all these numbers. It doesn't look at a screen, and part of that is just on the volume side. Is obviously had this massive volume spike um, at the start of the month, and pretty soon, you know, over the next next four or five days all of those big high volume days are going to move out of the one month look back. So as all those big high volume days move out and the price going down, as those volume bars move out of the look back, naturally against the one month average, the volume will start to move up because those big numbers are going to fall out of the look back. Does that make sense? Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, like I just yeah. pulled up the dark I just pulled up the dark pool for, for Apple, right? And you got you had big volume on fourteenth, pretty big volume on the fifteenth, and the and December seventeenth, right? So what you're saying is kinda of as we enter into mid January or the back half of January, those those are gonna start to fall off. And then the look back's gonna say, Okay, you know, the volume you know, the, the, the month over the month over month volume is is gonna be a, a different component. because um, now the last week it's been I mean, the dark pool volume has been pretty much near at its lows for last month, uh, going back to, to to November end of November.
1: <clears throat>
9: yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. So, for, so for natu- sure. So,
9: nat- so naturally, volume versus one month is going to start going up. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And
0: and you know, Schwab is telling me that you know today's volume on an average one month you know is basically sixty two million shares versus one hundred twenty million, the average volume for last month. Uh, So you have basically 50% of volume on an Apple that was flat on the day, but, you know, it's up pretty significantly, you know, it's up obviously, you know, 14% in the last month um, and that kind of thing. So you've had some big high volume days, uh, but then some, you know, some, some positive momentum there on, on pretty low volume as well, certainly in the last week, uh, which to me is telling. And, And again, I mean, Apple has been a beast and you definitely have wanted to be long of it. But that's in kind of another reason why, to me, XOK is is um, uh, you know nearing the top end of the range and, and looking to be more of a short than it is. I want to stay long this thing, I, I, and or just sell it, right? right, right like, basically, trim, trim trim your trim trim your gains.
9: <clears throat> I could be completely wrong. I look at it the other way. I look at it the other way that. This thing could be one of those where it sits at the top of the range. And then as this incremental volume, like I said, the total volume might not be going up, but just because Mm. the volume on the shorter lookbacks will start going up purely based on these big numbers falling out of it. Some of these things could go right up straight, like just go straight up through the top of the ranges. Interesting. (laughs) All
0: right. Well, I'm going to keep yep. that fucking thing on a tight leash then.
10: <laughs> nice. That's like... another, uh,
9: another, another, thing, another thing as well is, is quad, like quad One. There's so many... There's, I don't want to say there's so many because there's not, but I wouldn't be short sure on any equity in Quad One. Just personally. <laughs> yeah, expected, no. I mean, the expected returns... The best yeah. It's completely different. I, I went... I'm trading for my income. I don't have like some big massive equity portfolio that I'm trying to protect. Which yeah, okay, you know, burning some premium on a put might, depending on the size of your account, yeah, that's fine. I Like, I'm not in that position, so I'm like, I'm not doing it. So, but outright shorting it, I don't, I don't know. Just me. <laughs> um. Yeah, I wouldn't be shorting stuff. <laughs>
0: No, I think I think it's important, Chris so I mean, if you don't mind expanding on that, I think it's really really important, right? in terms of figuring out where because everybody's views and the way that they're approaching the portfolio is different, right? like mine mine is primarily retirement account money, right? So I mean it's probably yeah. seventy seventy five to eighty percent retirement, and then about twenty percent is sort of a taxable account, so a long long short account, right? so kind of a margin account and and i but I also have a day job, right? so I am not relying i I'm more so. You know, deploying the hedge eye process for um, minimizing drawdowns in my retirement account, and and also increasing you know my basically you know long term capital you know capital appreciation over the next thirty years of my career. Right. I mean, I'm I'm a thirty. You know, I think we're similar. I mean, I'm 37, and and you know, it's a it's a that's kind of my current setup. Right. Is that that environment? But then you've got. folks like yourself and I'm sure many others here on this call and and I know Jimmy is is similar in terms of uh you know he, he he is uh you know you it sounds like you guys are both kind of relying on it for some uh, for some income stream, right? In terms of uh, providing for the family. I know you have kids and so does Jimmy. I was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm
1: just
0: but a long-term investor, Robert. But the process is similar, right? Anyway, so I think it, 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 I think it could be an interesting kind of segue, Chris, if you don't mind sharing a bit more into that thought process. Or sort of the, the investment, pro- like the investment there, right?
9: So what? As in what? My personal like? No, sorry. I mean, you're saying
0: you're right. So I mean, you're saying um, you're relying. You're trying to provide income, right? So you want to be yeah. on the right side of, of the trade versus sort of trying, you know, for for instance, in, in, in terms of what I'm currently doing in my, in my retirement account is I'm, I'm leaving on some some XLK exposure, right? So I've got about 200 or uh, probably about 250 basis points at this point after today of, uh, of XLK but I've also put on basically inverse tech, uh, like bear exposure. So TCS. Um, And I'm, I'm at about hundred basis points. So, you know, call it a, call it a, you know, call it a two to one ratio, right. In terms of basically my long short in terms of my retirement account, because I, you know, I'm, I, I am not, you know, I'm seeing low volume grind higher. Um, And, you know, Mitchell has mentioned this too, on like basically passive funds that I don't see lasting into next week is what I'm seeing out there. But, you know, I could be completely wrong. And I've, as I mentioned, I, I will keep that short tech on a very tight leash because I do believe it will, um, you know, it still should perform well in Q1 and going into, you know, maybe a Q2, right. I mean, like basically guys will pile into, you know, Apple and Microsoft kind of like, you know, it's a, you know, obviously they're going to have drawdowns, but they're still going to be exposures that, that, general portfolio managers are going to want to want to have exposure to versus, you know, no offense, Jimmy, but like a small cap, like Ooster, right? Even if their five-year outlook is phenomenal. So I think that, so again, I think it's like a little bit of short term and then longer term, but then when you're looking at it from a bit more of an income source, I'm just curious just to kind of like, you know, if, did you position yourself? Like, did you just add into this strength or this
9: like in terms of Apple today or last week? Yeah, so I'm not so not the um, um, so not Apple itself, but I'm long. I've added two um, calls on the Nasdaq. Okay. And the reason wh- and the reason why is if you look at the um, so you know I use these little drawdown tables instead of looking at price, I look at the drawdown. Mhm. If, if you do one of those, uh, um, the IVO premium discount. Mm -hmm. The discounts very rarely go below twenty-five. And that's where we are right now. Yep. So I look at that now as looking, you know, if you've seen my charts, that's like pick something random. XL question mark is down four percent and from the one month high and it's bounced three times in the last Six months down four percent. So yep. I'm looking at that in the same way for the eyeball discount. The eyeball discount very rarely goes below 25 percent, minus 25 percent.
7: Right.
1: right. I get a question about that. You know, I know it's different for individual securities, but I noticed for even for mega cap tech stocks, like with the exception of Apple, like the realized volatility, especially in the second half of 2021, was towards the top end over like three-year periods you know you had like google facebook kind of in the 30s plus so i wonder how much of the market even on low volume is kind of saying hey we don't think that realized volatility that we saw over the last 30 days over the last 60 days is is sustainable um versus kind of that frothy you know push to the top type of mechanism that make me more cautious about these big eyeball discounts I'm sure the truth is somewhere in between
9: I think as well I've lost track of the amount of times and people keep taking a piss when I say on the arena it's never one number that there's lots yeah. of there's lots of ways to get that eyeball discount or premium number because you're moving two variables right it's like knowing like coming from a reformed gold bug, looking at the gold to silver ratio, you know, over the last over the last month, there's been plenty of people in cryptos talking about the ETH Bitcoin ratio. And it's like, yeah, okay, the ETH Bitcoin ratio can go up from here, but it can go up by Ethereum going down 10% and Bitcoin going down 20%. So you can be proven right, but your net worth will be going down 10%. <laughs> That makes
1: sense.
9: Because you're moving, because you're moving two components, you can get one number to move in any number of different ways. So what they're trying to say is the ETH Bitcoin ratio going higher validates their position that ETH is better than Bitcoin. And I tried when I tried to explain it, and I said, yeah, but they could both go down, but Bitcoin just go down more than ETH, and that number could go up, and you're validated. Oh, ETH is better because it went down less. It doesn't mean you've made any money, though. (laughs) Right. Unless you're you're directly putting swaps on ETH, Bitcoin, cross, but very few of them have. They're just in-camp ETH and just long ETH.
1: Yeah, and I think just back to the eyeball premium discount math, I mean, we were in a period where the S&P was 20 to 29. They were chopping. So now that, you know... VIX is back in the kind of the high teens. It broke 17 today. Just the math on that alone, mm-hmm. right? 17 yeah, over whatever, 25. You're, you're talking about like a 25, 30% discount.
9: But what, what that also means is it means the VIX could move, depending on how quickly it moves, the VIX could move and the price, it might not be reflected in the price of some of the underlying assets. Because we went through that period as well, the last, you know, Six to eight weeks ago, where the VIX was just grinding higher, slowly, just grinding higher, and everything was still going up. That's what I'm trying to say: is that these numbers, if you do, people focus on just one number on a chart without understanding how how the numbers calculated, that's what I tried to do when I tried to show everyone how people just look at the grid chart, or to use that word, but the quad chart. <laughs> And just see, oh, XLU goes up four point two percent in quad whatever, and it's like, yeah, but how does that? How do you calculate that number? Because there's two components: there's a component where it's positive, and a component where it's negative, and it mm-hmm. just happens to come out with a positive number. But twenty percent of the time, it's a negative number.
0: Yeah, you mentioned this. You mentioned this, I think, last week too, right? It's um, which is which is interesting. I think it was a bit more in reference to uh, kind of quad two and q4 here right where you've had you had stuff like a consumer discretionary that has somewhat underperformed right but in general i think i think that's right hold on let me just make sure uh, <laughs> uh yeah it's underperformed so it's down like 61 basis points in the last month right so it's gonna it's gonna influence right it's, it's gonna negatively influence this quad two for consumer discretionary right like XOY.
9: Well, there is that bit in the post. I can't remember if I put it in a post or a video. That part directly on XLY was to say that in the move that it had, obviously everyone was sort of saying, oh, it's quad four, and it, quad four is being priced in. And the point I was trying to make was that if you look at the expected return for Um, quad four for XLY, it's basically priced it in. It was about six percent, right? Okay, it's that, and it's like, well, it's priced that in, you know. And if we do go to and if it does go full full on quad one, then the expected return was something like 0.23 percent. And it's like, so it was when the talk was all about, you know, the market's going to quad four, we're going to quad four early. it's like, well if it is, a lot of these things are saying it's kind of priced it in. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of these things that you're saying, oh Keith's missing it, Keith's missing out on XLU or on oh, okay. else. XLP, like uh, consumer yeah. staples. Yeah,
0: like, yeah.
9: Oh Keith's missing out, Keith's missing out. And it's like, well it's kind of priced it in. <laughs> right. And if it right. and if it does go to quad one, then both of them just don't really move. It's like fifty fifty, positive, negative and like point two or 05 percent return. So right. you could be piling in just as the, just at the point where it's gonna go flat or at least on a right. relative basis yeah. yeah, underperform.
4: Yeah, like under
0: tra- right. Like trade sideways right. call it. Yeah.
9: Exactly, yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: That makes sense. Makes sense.
5: And Keith also mentioned last week he was in both of those. So it's, it's not on risk ranges, but he said on the macro show he was in both of those.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Cause you, right,
5: so he's
9: not missing though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just you. You not always. I don't have to, I don't want to say always, but it was it was the same thing that happened in. I mean, it was right in June, uh, but the same thing was being talked about in March and April. You know, we're missing out on gold. We're missing out on utilities. On, on, or, yeah, on treasuries.
0: Right, it was uh, yeah like the bond the bond yeah bonds. Yep, yep.
9: And it did and it did. It outperformed for like a month. Yep. And then underperformed for like three months. Yep. <laughs> yep. It certainly did. It certainly did.
0: <laughs> uh interesting. Okay. I like that.
9: But yeah, it's it's my Betty Bobo's time.
0: Yep, there's um Anybody else have any other comments? Otherwise, yeah, that's. I think that's a good good note to kind of end on, right? Just
1: no. Thank you, Robert, for always hosting these events. Yeah, um, it's been a hell of a year. Thanks, Robert. Yeah, it it really has. I mean, um, you
0: know, we started these about five or six weeks ago, Jimmy. You know, you, Gavin, and I, and, and a number of others like Leslie and. Chris and, and a lot of chirp, you know, a lot of friendly faces out there. Kind of joined over the last, you know, a few weeks, and uh, we'll continue to, I'll, you know, obviously continue to do so going into 2022. It's been it's been a lot of fun, you know. This all started from just uh, a, a random kind of tweet because I, I like reviewing my notebook on Wednesday nights, kind of assessing what uh, what I was expecting or kind of what I was I reviewed on the weekend, going into the week, you know, reassess midweek. Uh, to see if I needed to pivot or, or kind of change, change aspects, you know, going into the back half of the week, kind of setting up for the following week. Right. So, um, you know, it's been, it's been, been a lot of fun. Obviously we got the shout out from, from, from the mucker on, on the macro show last week, last Thursday, which was very cool. And, and uh, you know, I'll do my best to post these to uh, the YouTube page, but um, you know, I do have to do a bit of a workaround cause I can't record uh, quite yet uh, from, from Twitter uh, but uh but I'll obviously let everybody know
3: and then um you know thousand there. Yeah, that's because we gotta get you more follows, right?
0: <laughs> I think so. I'm still a little uncertain. I think it still is a bit in the beta mode. Um but yeah, I mean Jimmy found something that said that kind of the thousand followers is the uh is the magic number. Um yeah, but eight fifty
1: three now. Let's get yeah, yeah. So, I
0: mean that. it's yeah, right. I mean, but that comes with a lot of pressure, though, Jimmy. You know, you got a thousand people following you. It's, uh you know, I don't, know, I don't bag, know if I say, so. I don't know if I don't know,
9: I don't know if I, I don't know if
0: I say that that much. That's interesting. You know, stop, day, Robert. But. You can handle. It. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but yeah, but Chris, you, you mentioned two papers though that I'm very curious about. So if you if you don't mind either tagging me in them, you know, again, it doesn't have to be at night but tomorrow morning, or tomorrow anytime time really. Obviously, but I uh, would love one to read them and two to kind of you know reshare them with everybody that that did this and i think they could probably ben- you know they could they could benefit from those and and yeah man we'll um we'll keep keep at this next week and and go from there but obviously you know thank you everyone for listening greatly appreciate it hopefully you found some 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 good value in, in this chat yeah, thanks, man.
9: Thanks, guys. awesome buddy yep
1: thanks guys happy new year
0: absolutely.
5: happy new year happy new year absolutely
9: enjoy peace out